You are now entering the Mix You podcast. No credentials required. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 22 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here today with my good friends, as always, Lee Fields and Andrew Stone. How are you guys doing? Yo. Hey, brother. Man, I'm excited to be here. We we haven't done one of these in a while, and so uh, for those of you who've been waiting for the next episode, we're glad you stuck with us, and we're going to have a lot of fun today. For the first time in a while, we actually have an interview with a special guest, and we're going to talk about her in a little bit. But meanwhile, let's just kind of catch you up on what we've been doing for the last, I don't know, month or so since we uh, did this last time. Well, we were with each other a week ago. Well, we were. And actually, we need to talk about that for a minute because we were making, we didn't record anything because we were too busy um, making plans for our future. It, the recording would have been World really, Dominant. it would have been incriminating too. So that was probably good. We stayed away from that. It would have been very embarrassing at times, I'm sure. But <clears throat> it was a world domination retreat. It was. There are definite and plans to it. dominate. It's good. Scenic Sacramento. You guys came all the way out here. It was great. It rained every single second we were there. So it was unlike most of my California experiences, but it was great because it gave us the time to kind of not worry about going outside and enjoying nature because we were trapped indoors. So what better way to maximize that than to do some planning for the rest of the year? So, um, yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up. Were we, I, we, I want to clarify something. Were we actually in Sacramento or were we in the foothills of some lake or somewhere? We were in Auburn, California, the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas. Okay. So, Jeff, next time we hear them all whining about how it doesn't rain out there, we're going to kind of have to call crap on that. Oh, man. It's, it was, it's still raining right now. What? Yeah, I think Stone kind of hasn't stopped. I think Stone ruined a good pair of shoes that day coming Dude, out of the grocery store ha- parking lot. Guys, my hair doesn't do well in the rain, so just saying. I wore boots. I wasn't even wearing tennis shoes. You guys were like, "What are those?" It's <laughs> well, the first you, time I've ever seen you not in tennis shoes. We're sitting in the suburban, and uh, and Lee just says under his breath, "Oh, good guys, uh, fleece, the worst thing to wear here." And as he puts on his rain slicker and you and I, are, you're in a vest and I'm in a fleece. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, jerk. Yeah. Poor planning. The yeah. one time it rained that this was, year. Weatherchannel.com right for all your future planning needs. <laughs> that, that was uh, right after my wife dropped me off for our little sleepover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. So you guys listening would have enjoyed this. We, um, you know, because we're in California, you know, we don't get to do it very often. Andrew and I had a hankering for some um, In-N-Out Burger right after we landed. And so we went straight from the airport to uh, meet Lee at the In-N-Out that's right near his house. And so Lee's wife, Jenny, is there dropping Lee off. And we're just kind of saying hi to her. And she's like, okay, see ya. (laughs) And Lee was he, like, don't you want to eat lunch with us? And she's like, no, have fun with your little friends. <laughs> so he walks yeah. off with his sleeping bag and a little that's right. change of clothes. Stuffed animal. It was great. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. She answered really quickly, too. Oh, I'm just she saying. Was, yeah, she, she did not want to hang out with us. Do you want to come eat lunch with us? She, before you even had the sentence, I was like, no. And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah. uh, okay, we'll see it. I heard that, by the way. <laughs> That's awesome. But anyway, we did do a lot of planning around uh, what's next for MXU Now. So for those of you guys who are listening to the podcast and are also subscribers to the on-demand video library, we're going to be really excited to announce some uh, new things coming up soon. So stick around for that. We can't wait for new content and uh, new offerings and just a lot of exciting things to come. We might even make some videos for monitor engineers. That would be most helpful considering, <laughs> I don't know, the, man. considering I, the vitriol we got when I we might, joked about it last week. We might I need think to do some. Perhaps we need to make some stuff for monitor engineers on how to take a freaking joke. Maybe that's what we <laughs> ought to do first. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah. You know who you are. We love you. Yeah, we love you. But seriously, we do uh, have plans for things like that. So stay tuned because it's coming. Um, also coming soon, 
is um, our next live event coming up in May, uh, the day before the Philo Conference in Chicago. So we're super excited about partnering with them again. Uh, we love what they do, and we're really stoked to be there. Um, it's going to look a little different this year for us. And so um, I don't think we're going to let the cat out of the bag on that quite yet. But um, yet. let's catch people up, though, um, on what we experienced in Anaheim when we were in L.A. for our most recent MXU Live event. Guys, what was the, like, let's try to keep it practical. Like, is there a takeaway that you had? For those of you who weren't there, we had, uh, for the first time in MXU Live history, we had a fourth engineer in the circle. So Robert Scoville was with us, uh, bringing his expertise and experience and history to the table. So, guys, what was the main takeaway for you? Um, From the day? From the day, yeah. Like, is there anything um, you're doing differently or thing you walk away with going, okay, I'm going to try that because of what well, we talked about? The main takeaway for me was the MXU birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't really where you wanted me to go, was it, Jeff? Well, no, but we did have birthday cake and cupcakes, which were awesome. Because that was signifying our, uh, it was the beginning of our fourth year of existence, which That's was right. kind of cool. It was, and we had um, cake with bright yellow frosting, which fit our brand perfectly and it was good it was good but as in in seriousness though the answer to your question the we realized i think at the end of the day we normally uh, for those who haven't don't know the this little behind the scenes thing the three of us normally match up somewhere just in passing could be in the in the car on the way out or whatever and we just kind of be like you know how was that for you all you know we all three did it together but we all uh always have a a little different takeaway on our personal experience. And it was a, we had, Lee, how did you describe it? It was more, there was more musical discussion that day than I think we've ever had at, at an MXU. I yeah, think that, totally. That was the best way to say it. I think even at the end of the day, as we were, you know, wrapping up the event, kind of recounting the day, it, I think one of us actually said, Hey, I know we talk about how important music is. Like we've always, that's never been a surprise. It's never been a, Oh, don't forget the music's also important. That's been a staple. But this time it was like, yeah, it's always been number one, but it's, it should probably be number one, two, three, four, and five. Like it's, yeah, it's even more important than the importance we already gave it. If that makes sense. Right. And it was beyond, it was beyond just talking about how important the source is, which we did and we always do. It wasn't about turning knobs and pushing faders and compressor settings and all that, as important as those things are. I think it was really about the, just the secret sort of art side of how to listen and how to process and what you're listening for and the, yeah. the emotion behind a transition or how to massage a moment out of a song. And it was, you know, we talk about those things often, like you said, Lee, but it was a, it was a different level for me. I think we talked less about specifics of operation and gear and that kind of stuff than we ever have. Um, and yeah, yeah, we somehow managed to fill the whole day with helpful stuff. So it was, it was just cool for me to just have a different angle on the whole thing. It was awesome. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most about um, about doing this next one uh, because Robert will be with us. But is continuing the conversation we had in Anaheim. Like I, I think I, we didn't necessarily talk about this, but it feels like we just kind of hit pause on the conversation at the end of the day because we had to. We could have kept going all evening. Totally, there was so much yeah. content of just. I mean, you think about it without the music and without getting into it and without being a fan of the music, we don't really have a lot to do. Like you can't mix nothing. So right. it was so great to get to that, uh, elementary, uh, of a level that then spawns all of our other cool tech stuff. So yeah. I'm looking forward to continuing that combo. So on the practical side though, I'm glad it feels like we press pause because I actually feel like I need to go change some things. Yeah in the mix and on my file so that when we go back the next time it's like okay I w i've gone and done homework what do you think now 
Yeah. So for that, for me to get real specific, I, and I'm thinking about this like once a day right now, honestly, it's with drums and dynamics. Well, let me let me rearrange the order of that. It's dynamics because something was pointed out to me by you guys and Robert that I try to always mix dynamically. Well, when I'm really trying to gas it, it's like it's losing energy. I'm not getting the impact right. out of moving the whole mix 3db as i should be mm -hmm. but it could be because i'm scooping out like too much mids out of the drums or the vocals right. things like that like so at a lower volume it's really clean and poppy and punchy mm -hmm. but then when i go to push it it's like it doesn't take off like yours y'all's mixes do so now i'm thinking okay when i'm cutting out 700 out of a snare drum maybe don't go as wide and deep maybe mm -hmm. take it three clicks less each way like what's that going to do so i'm actually anxious to get behind the console again in an environment where i can actually play with that that's very cool and then and then bring that back to chicago and go okay how was that yeah because just that little example that you used that might be the thing that brings just a little extra bite and a little more yep. kind of growl mm -hmm. to that mid-range that when you do gas it it's like you know, because it may not necessarily be that you're hitting a compressor too hard or that you're, right. you know, too much gain reduction or that it's too normalized. It could just be something as simple as a little EQ tweak. And it's like, oh, wow, that wakes it all up. So I'm with you. I can't wait to see how we kind of change what we're doing based on the conversation and keep it going. That's great. I, I started um, on that same wavelength. I started looking at some of my go-to's just in like my vocal chains or, or whatever some of the normal stuff that you just go to and like cut almost automatically sometimes um yep and even myself started challenging like why did i start doing that why did i always start making that cut there is it is it really an innate thing because of something i'm hearing or is it because something i'm used to actually just doing yeah let me just get rid of that frequency before i even hear it so the last few weeks since we've done that uh, that event, uh, I started just putting some of that EQ pack in, just, you know, turning a filter on and off here and there. And most of them, I can't tell that I did it mm. like meaning why'd you do it in the first place? Right. It's yeah. like, it's like listening to our own stuff. We, we talk about you know, all the time. So that's been kind of cool to start just exploring some of that and going, huh, I wonder where I started doing that. I can't put a, I can't pinpoint where that happened, but somewhere you guys have that happen to you like where you just start doing you do something like okay jeff i remember this a lot of times you want to find a certain tone in the bass and so you'll you'll kind of always look for around 700 hertz to see if you can boost that okay that's what i've heard you say mm -hmm. and so i heard that and i was like oh that's a good call i'll do that but you know that doesn't work with any of our bass tones so it's just it's challenging your own like your own mentality sometimes and that was good to walk away from that and go, huh, all the stuff that I, it's, it's good because some of the stuff I do is legit. Yeah. It's, I totally live by it, but you find these little, these little things here and there that have crept in that you can't remember why you did them right. and challenging yourself on them has been a nice improvement. So, well, yeah. and it's, it's funny because in, even in reviewing some of the MXU now videos that we've uh, been editing lately, I've noticed you know, myself in a video making a comment about a general assumption or a general trend, you know, you can pretty much assume that in XYZ instrument, you're going to have to cut XYZ frequency. And it's like, maybe, but I wonder right. how, much, how much of that is just a habit that I've gotten into and how much of that is me needing to remind myself, oh, wait, <laughs> we've told these guys for years now, you got to pay attention to how it sounds if you're just standing in front of the instrument listening acoustically does it does it really need to be drastically tweaked like that or is it about moving the microphone or about tightening the drum head or about loosening the drum head or whatever the case may be it's like okay let's figure out the source and i think that listening to robert's tracks that was the thing for me like he played um some content from the latin grammys that he mixed man you solo those tracks and those players are amazing and it's like this percussion rig that has 
way too many microphones and he's managing a ton of different stuff. You listen to these congas and bongos and shakers and all the stuff that this guy's doing and it's like impeccably played and impeccably captured. It's almost like, gosh, push up the faders and that's good. Yeah. You know, so it's like finding that balance between, okay, how much do we really need to assume I'm going to have to tweak the EQ? Like, mm-hmm. I think a good challenge for us might be to go, okay, what could we get away with with just a high pass filter and a gain knob and no EQ? Like, could we get a mix put together with minimal EQ and just, I don't know, just as a, as a thought experiment, go, how close could I get with just something that yeah. simple? It's cool. Well, remember, Pooch told us that, like, back in episode zero he's, or three or he's whatever. He's pretty smart, yeah. He's like, give me good microphones and high pass filters, and you should be, you should be able to get to where you want with with just that. Like that's that's a bit of an ambitious statement, but I think the sentiment is, uh, most of the work should be done there. You pick the right microphone. Like it, it was the thing that I hit with, um, like snare drum. Like I'm boosting like, you know, twelve k plus 55 db on the snare top or whatever and then i started going well maybe i should try a condenser with a tight pattern yeah because the there's not then. a whole lot of that information that's in an sm57 <laughs> it's just not going to be no. there yeah <laughs> no it's not at all so you're uh, you're basically just turning up the hi-hat at that point too you know so right it goes back it's to the, all of that goes back to the studio days when engineers were actually in lab coats like the only yeah. tools they had were a microphone and how it was placed. And I think it's a great exercise to just remind ourselves of that process, you know, yeah. and I think for young guys, especially, you know, you just assume if you're not twisting knobs, you're not working. It's like, eh, there's, I always, balance, there's a balance there. I love getting to hear other people's stuff where it makes me challenge my own thinking like all those years, how many times did we always put a 57 on the snare and then go, how can I not get the snare to sound like whatever studio album I'm comparing it to or whatever? And so now that you're in this mode of wanting to make all this stuff sound really hi-fi, right? I think we're, that's, I'm always trying to get, how do you get that? Um, Jeff said it really well on one of our now videos. He kept talk, talking about the toms. He tries to make them sound sticky and he's meaning this like, the the stickiness that you get kind of that high-end slap you know making that work in a in a tom sound and it made me challenge how i mic a drum kit like just just those just hearing that and trying to go huh if you go look at the little does anyone look at the little stupid frequency chart that comes with a microphone or you can you know and it says what the frequency response is if I look at what's on a 57, that's exactly not what I'm trying to EQ into it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like stuff like that. It makes you, um, these types of discussions makes you kind of go back and go, well, yeah, to your point, Lee. Yeah. Go get a different mic. And it's yeah to get the sound you want. I love that type of avenue. That For me, that's where our day went in Anaheim. Was a lot hey, you of know thinking what, down though? that road. It, even more so than microphones on drums. I'm going to make a bold statement here. More important than the microphone. I'm beginning to think it's the drum head. Or the drum. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. Let, I'm just going backwards. We should probably start with the drum, but just to make another mistake that we can correct later. The drum head. Yeah. Like we, we got this one guy here. He's a volunteer drummer. His name's Chris. He's a fantastic drummer. He moved here from Texas and kind of showed up out of nowhere, comes by front of house and he's like, Hey, uh, I just moved here from Texas. I can mix and play drums a little. Would love to get involved. And you know, when someone says that and you're like, yeah, sure. You know, well, preschool, preschool ministry needs volunteers. See ya. Right. Well, (laughs) turns out he's the best drummer we have. That's awesome. And the best drum tuner we have. And he always brings his black beauty in which we have a, our own Black Beauty, so it's that, it's not a big departure. But there was just something about that drum mm. that I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is, what is that drum? And you know, there's like a gazillion different versions of a Black right. Beauty. Like everybody makes a Black Beauty. Well, his is the actual Ludwig six and a half inch, mm-hmm. six, 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 yeah, 
Six by 14, I believe. Five and a half. Five and a half, whatever. Five and a half, six, the whatever point it being, takes. <laughs> I, I said, hey, can you send me an email of everything about that drum? And we're just going to we're just gonna copy all that. So he sends me this long email, and it's the drum, the head, the snares, everything. Well, I send one of our interns or whatever. I'm like, hey, sweetwater.com, here's the drum. Buy two of those. So the drums show up. And then we throw the head on it and the guys are playing it. And I'm like, what the crap? It's still not right. And then I, I swear a month goes by, six weeks go by. And I'm still, I'm just bitching about it. Like you guys can't figure this out. Like we need Chris to come tune this thing. And then he goes, do you have the Remo ambassador head? And I'm like, no. Which We're was on his email, Evans right? <laughs> coat. Yeah, of course. It's on the email. Yep. And so I send the guys. I'm like, okay, go get a Remo ambassador coated head. So uh, they go to the Guitar Center, and he comes back, and he goes, hey, we got the Remo Ambassador and the Ambassador X. And I was like, okay. He throws a head on, and he hits it. And I'm like, it's still not right. And he, I'm like, which one is that? And he goes, well, this one's the X. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The Ambassador, <laughs> the exact crap. head. He said, I, guys, I swear to you, it, they put that head on and just tighten the lugs up like super quick and hit the drum one time. And, and I'm like, the sound. that's it. That's the sound. Yeah. It was all in the stinking drum head. Right. Well, it's like guitar strings on a guitar. Yeah. I can't get the acoustics to sound right. No matter what we do, it's a beautiful acoustic, beautiful pick. The guy has great fingers. You put the wrong freaking strings on and you'll never get the sound. Crazy. I love that. And by the way, um, as a PSA, um, there's a couple openings for new interns at, at uh, Lee's church. So if you want to <laughs> jump in on that now. <laughs> yeah. And a pile of old brand new drum heads. Yeah. That's funny. Free for the taking. Requirements though, are that you must be able to read emails. So I'm not yes. sure that most of our listeners could even apply, but we'll that's, see. Yeah, that's right. Right. Well, that's cool. Well, I think we're all excited about what's to come in May. So yeah. for those of you who have been hiding under a rock, um, go to mxu.rocks and make sure to register for MXU Live at Philo, which is May 20th in Chicago um, all day. And then stay for the next couple days because the Philo Conference is downright excellent. And we're going to be there the whole time. So you get to hang with us. Get some great uh, networking opportunities and fellowship with your friends and colleagues and just be a part of the whole tribe that's continuing to grow, which is most most great. So we'll see you there. Do we got some uh, turn down for MXU, Stone? Dude, we got one. Uh, this is a pretty good one. So uh, let, me, let me jump right into this one. So, all right. So uh, this was sent in. This guy, man, he must, let's see. Oh, I know where this is from. Yeah, they have lots of complaints here. That means you're doing something right, guys. This is good. All right, so this is an email. Hey, wait, he he's a repeat submitter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a regular. A repeat submitter oh slash gosh. offender, whichever one. So, um, okay, so here I'm going to, again, you know how this works. I'm going to read this the way he wrote it. So, uh, so you can get the full inflection here. He begins. So there's this couple who live a half mile away from our auditorium. A couple months ago, we had a Kim Walker Smith concert and this guy walked all the way from his house, which included walking through a small forest, looking for the sound source that he described as in quotes, shaking his house so much things are rattling. From 2,640 feet away, by Correct. the way. Correct. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Just making yeah, sure. Yeah, he lives in Narnia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So he shows up at our doors demanding we turn down the loud music, but he can't even get in because he didn't have a ticket. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, wouldn't that be great if we could keep all of our, all of our uh, people with comments at the front doors? So... He goes imagine, on. Imagine the frustration of trudging <laughs> through the forest to get to the front door to be turned away by Kim Walker Smith's security. By, or by a volunteer. Or by a volunteer yeah. ticket taker. Oh. 
So, uh, so he goes on. I now receive texts and emails from this gentleman on the regular. After several conversations with him and our leadership, I can no longer run full volume for rehearsals. Ooh, not good. After talking with some other people who know him, I have now found out that he is the self-described mayor, in quotes, of his neighborhood. So I found out his address, and I stopped by to find out that his house sits right next to it. Get this. Right next to a Harley Davidson dealership is fronted by a U.S. highway, a major U.S. highway, and on the other side of his property is a mini go-kart course. Wait, is he now the current <laughs> residence of Neverland Ranch? He is. <laughs> Harley Davidson dealership, fronted by U.S. Highway, down the road from mini go-kart course. And then he goes, so I guess our four flown Meyer HP700s hit pretty hard. He says that he has to put on hearing protection to run the vacuum. Fun stuff. Wow. What kind of vacuum is this? Because I've got some dust from some tile demo that I can't get up. That's got to be a serious it's vacuum. Be a serious, it can't like, be a Dyson because I think Dysons are pretty high tech. It's probably got to be like a Kenmore, like a Sears. You know? With a jet engine in it. Yeah, right. So this guy, yeah, he lives in Narnia. He walks through a small forest. Um, and he's the mayor of Narnia. He's the mayor of Narnia, surrounded by forest. And Harleys. And Harley. So Does may- he have, maybe he has hooved feet. <laughs> Cloven. <laughs> Cloven, <laughs> Cloven <hoof>. hoofs. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. I Keep rocking, so man. You're, uh, you're four-flown Meyer HP 700s. Yeah, that's really tearing it up. So... That was That's good. Awesome. That's really good. We'll so, keep those comments right, coming. It, yeah, it's it's always great to hear your noise complaints. So email us and uh, just keep them coming because we love to make fun of people. Yeah, <laughs> mocking is a great release, guys. I'm telling you, once you embrace it. Well, I think it's time for our special guest, uh, Stone. You had the privilege of doing a. Uh, pre-interview with her why don't you tell us about what we're in for here yeah man this uh we we i guess and i told her i admitted this i kind of confessed to her on the phone the other day that uh we had been stalking her in a very polite gentlemanly way but trying to figure out what her she was all about just from her social social media feed but um she has appeared to be like a full-blown ready to rock uh audio engineer and we love that she's uh female that's so cool and she's like playing with the big boys and so it just caught our attention so i admitted all that to her she didn't hang up the phone so that was cool because she would have had every right to Um, (laughs) but i talked to her for the better part of an hour and man she's just one of us just trying to do the right thing believes in the right information believes in being nice and good to people um so and doing it through live production um she's involved with her church at home i mean it's just all the you know all the tick marks are hit and we just thought it'd be so cool to bring that kind of um just knowledge and attitude to to the podcast she's just She's just one of us trying to do the right thing out there. She's got a cool background. I'm excited to have her uh, have us all three get in the conversation with her. So uh, let's let's get her. Uh, let's bring her on here. This is uh, Grace Royce, who is from Los Angeles, and she is uh, ready to do the podcast. Let's rock. Grace, welcome to the MXU podcast. It's so good to uh, see you uh, via video as we're talking to you. How are you out there in LA? It's awesome. I hate to brag, but it's really warm and beautiful today. (laughs) 72 degrees out here at the beach. So you must not be in the same part of uh, California that Lee's in that's still raining since a week ago when Jeff and I were out there with him. Nope, I live in my own little beach bubble. Nothing yes. applies. <laughs> I love it. Well, so we we uh, confessed to uh, earlier um, that 
we had been stalking you a little bit in a very uh, uh, gentlemanly way, but trying to just figure <laughs> out what you are all about. Um, and it was pretty cool as we sort of uh, just discovered a little bit about you. And I mean, there's not a lot of um, people that, that would go into the uh, A audio world, you know, and production world that are female. And so that, that caught our eye, first of all, just like, man, that's cool. Let's see what this is, what's going on. And through a few DMs and stuff, we realized like, there's a lot of, there's a lot going on with just you and the way you approach what you do and get to do. Can you, in a, in a, just a, a quick way, can you just kind of tell us how you describe like what you do? Cause you're, you're not just audio. You're like, from talking to you, you do kind of, you get your hands and all kinds of this stuff. Yeah, currently I'm production managing a couple of festivals, and I love working with bands, but it's been such a treat getting to be on the back end. And I fluctuate uh, between being with an A-level band heading all over the world and being on site as the audio lead or production lead. And that combination has just been awesome because i have a really unique view of what those needs are going to be for the bands it's been a lot of fun so when it comes to audio what like how'd you even want to go down that road that's not i mean this is kind of the road less traveled as we've all found out through our various careers and stuff how'd you end up it be even being an interest because we when we talked about on the phone you were kind of started in audio and stuff and it just has migrated to a little bit more of the you know leadership stuff production stuff all that but what made you get started in the first place yeah i kind of ran away with home from home with a band you know i grew up in in kind of a rough neighborhood and uh there was a band that was working with a local producer making a record Uh, i think it was my junior year of high school and i was never really great at school uh, actually, I was uh, I got all A's, so it's kind of silly to say I wasn't great at school. I was super bored, and my principal couldn't keep my butt in the seat. And when they all went back for senior year, I stayed in the studio working and uh, ended up getting an equivalency and, and made it to conservatory out in Tempe after that. Wow. And, man, I had, I had teachers even there discouraged me from going into live sound you know i had a guy one of my favorite teachers say you know you're gonna have to work harder you're gonna have to be you know more chameleon and you re- i'm gonna worry about you the whole time <laughs> you know? wow yeah but what you discover was the real truth was it was it like all the foreboding oh crap i gotta work hard and all this stuff or was it like yeah whatever yeah, I mean, the biggest fight of my career really has been being a woman on the road. And it's frustrating because, you know, recently there's a lot more women out doing what I'm doing, which is great. Um, but I am frustrated by women that say, oh, it's no big deal. Just be cool at your job and be a cool hang, you know, and that's just not even close. Um, I'm grossly candid with my girls about what it actually takes to be successful out there. And, you know, at first I was a punk and I was like talking crap and ready to kick anybody in the shins that tried to knock me down. But, um, you know, it really, it took a lot more than that. It, it took finding a group of men that supported me being there, you know? Wow. Well, and it's, it's interesting because from a production management standpoint, you've got to fight through this wall that says, okay, we've got a separate locker room need. We've got a separate off day hotel that can't be a roommate. We've got whatever, whatever, you know, there's all these things that might be an issue for a, for a TM that would just make assumptions about why not to hire a woman. But anytime I've been on a tour and there's been a female on the crew, they have generally been the best, like not just with the hang and with being one of the guys, but just in terms of focus and talent and, all those things. It's like, man, we've got yeah. to change. We've got to change the mindset a little bit because there are some hugely talented women who are probably not given opportunity for a lot of the wrong reasons. So well, I, and I've I been love. Passed I, up. I've been passed up uh, on gigs that you know I've had uh, managers say the wives will never go for it. You know, 
they'll never support there being a girl on the bus. Um, even mm. back before I started touring, I while I was in school, I engineered for years at a theater in Arizona that I absolutely loved. And uh, the PM position came up and my general manager said right to my face, I got real roadies coming through here. I can't have a woman running this place. They'll never take you seriously. Wow. And later on, uh, I would say about four years later, there was a dispute with a colleague in that same GM turned to his boss in front of me and said, uh, see, this is why I don't want girls in production. They're nothing but problems, nothing but drama, no more women ever. And I hopped on the next tour bus out of town. And honestly, that's what propelled me to get out there and, and show everybody that, you know, a, a girl could do it and I could be out there. And, you know, sometimes I still pinch myself like main stage at ACL mixing for 200,000. I'm like, who is this person? You <laughs> know, awesome. why, do, why do I think that I'm capable of doing something like that? That's really cool. So for those of our listeners who don't have the resume in front of them, why don't you just give us a little taste of who you've worked with, who you've toured with, kind of a little bit of your um, kind sure. of bio. Yeah, my, my first tours were with the Fat Records camps, going out with No Use for a Name, Death by Stereo, Poor Habit, Useless ID, anybody under the No Effects umbrella. Uh, from there, I went on to do Sublime with Rome and the Dirty Heads, and uh, uh, just recently was out with 311 and The Offspring again. I think I've done... I can't even count how many summer tours I've done. It's like summer camp. Every time I get called to do 311, it's like, yep, I know what we're doing. That's so cool. You know? um, so for, for our listeners, by the way, whose experience is only like Michael W. Smith and Steve Curtis Chapman, for those of you who are listening, just know these are like hard rock punk, like, you know. This is real touring. Really, really cool oh, rock yeah. and roll touring. Yeah. This this is, when, yeah. I, when I walk into the middle of an amphitheater stage first thing in the morning, still to this day, it's like they they turn to my monitor guy and go, hey, how you doing? Who's your PM today? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Over they think here. I'm the merch chick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is the yeah. kind of touring where you may not, probably won't get a shower every day. That's what this kind of touring is. Yeah. These kind of bands, that's that separates it right there from... Uh, Mostly it's because of the hours, you know. Yeah. I got I to gotta squeeze in a shower, and most of the time I still got my two or three radios hanging on the shower curtain. Yes. And I'll get a call and be like, can I get a minute? You know? Wow. No. <laughs> First one in, last one out, you know. Totally. It's the, okay. the privilege of getting to hang all the points, and I've loved uh, studying rigging and waiting and staging love all that stuff because I can keep my crew safe. So, Grace, you've been given tons of awesome opportunities. And I'm going to venture to say that a lot of this is because you have such a great attitude. Like, we don't know you other than the small conversations we've had. But when we found you, we actually set a goal like we need to find a female production rock star to have on the podcast. And I stumbled across the Sound Girls website and that's when I read some interviews mm -hmm. from you and then found your Instagram. You are like the opposite of the stereotypical production person in every way. But the thing that struck me the most was how positive you are. Like every so single joy. post you put online is about your it's joy and happiness and thankfulness and gratefulness. And there's nothing that you present back to the world that's like, Wow, long line at McDonald's today. Like, I mean, there's no, there's none of that. It's well, there's just already all like, so much of that stuff on yeah. the internet, you know. Totally. I, so I actually just, just like, deleted my Facebook yesterday because I I had posted something. I got hammered by a couple of people, and I was like, man, I got fifty nine hundred people on here, and I don't know any of them. And yeah. honestly, I think I, I was telling somebody the other day, checking your own likes is the new smoking. You know, like you don't uh, think yeah. that that's bad <laughs> oh, that's for so you. Good. You are tripping. It is so bad for you. It's like narcissism on crack. And <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to put something out there. I did keep the Instagram account because I do actually know all those people, which is a blessing. But uh, I am I'm trying to put something out there that that feeds a better culture, you know, and at, at 36 years old, everything I'm talking about on there, it comes out of 
a lot of discontentment. That's funny that you say that it's so positive because sometimes I feel like I'm ranting, but I really am just trying to counter a culture, you know, of this like vintage attitude. Because when I walked into production, I wasn't really supported by, you know, it was punk rock and it was fun, but I wasn't welcome. Mm. And a lot of the men in that arena didn't want me there. They treated it like it was their world. And it, it was rough, you know, it was a it was a culture of uh, swiping gigs and stealing money and hiding information from each other and treating everyone on the team like they're servants, you know. Are you talking and, about church? Sorry. No, no, I'm talking. Well, <laughs> I'm we'll get kidding. to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was ruthless. It was ruthless. What's funny, though, is that we talk to church folks all the time about that very thing and how much yeah. that attitude needs to shift from a territorial thing, a gatekeeper, to a bridge builder. Like, So yeah. f- from your perspective, in high-level sort of secular touring world, how has being open-handed and being generous and being sort of th- just that attitude change, how has that impacted the people around you and your not only your experience, but your opportunity and exposure and relationships, like from a non-church sort of perspective, yeah. the, the same thing applies. So what would you say to encourage some of the guys in the church who struggle with that sort of selfishness and territorialism and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Well, I had a few mentors that I knew were doing the same thing and, and I did I did honestly have to wait until I got a foothold in the industry to make that kind of decision. And really, with my growing network of people that were sharing information, sharing gigs, uh, we kind of nicknamed ourselves the A-team. And we developed principles and values about how we're going to act on the road, how we're going to treat each other in a high-stress environment, because it is a high-stress environment. It's loud. Uh, There are many people losing their cool all around us. And as we all know, everything that will go wrong will go wrong. And how are we going to act? So, um, you know, just knowing that the biggest asset we have out there is each other, not the gear. Uh, The gear will break down. The gear will let us down. But we have our team. And I'm way less interested in how you act when it's all going great. And I, I need... I think it's important for a team, every single person on the team needs to know what is your default attitude when it gets really rough and when your show gets threatened, when your gig gets threatened. And I would say everybody on the A team, you know, is prepped with an arsenal of solutions and we're not interested in highlighting each other's shortcomings, you know, even our shortcomings is what makes us dynamic. And there are a couple of like telltale signs that things are going south. Um, Number one, it takes active effort. You can't coast any direction except for downhill. Um, And (laughs) that's good. Somebody write that down. Someone write that down. So good. (laughs) And shifting blame. Ew. Ew. Shifting blame is a number one dead giveaway. I don't care if you're my intern or my boss. If you're shifting blame, it's the number one giveaway that you're not sturdy or trustworthy. Operating in your own best interest, stealing anything. I mean, you're not going to access anybody, let alone people on your team, if you don't have trust and respect. So, you know, I I just, I let my A-team know who I am and where I came from and let them know like, hey, I was a punk. I used to kick people in the shins to get what I needed and it made me miserable. You know, life was just a dance between what I wanted and what I was afraid of losing and, you know, make a new a new active effort to focus on, you know, helping other people succeed. And it, it's not magic that when you do that, you get paid back tenfold. That was the other thing about deleting Facebook is I have never in my life gotten a job off Facebook. Uh, If anything, I've wasted hours of my life on Facebook. I can tell you that my top three mentors don't have pages, and I don't think that's a coincidence. So, you know, I I think my, my biggest advice to people would be just be super transparent and keep the mission really clear. You know, and don't and don't be afraid to stand up 
if somebody's, you know, culture's contagious, good or bad, whether you like it or not. That is so good. Okay, this is this is amazing. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm hearing so busy typing here. right now. <laughs> I know <laughs> we're all taking notes. Uh, if you if you want to dig into the church thing just a little, like you know, I'm I'm nervous to share it, but I I think I've I've prayed enough about it to understand like you know the right the right way to talk about it is you know that our leaders are also in servitude. Recently, I, I have the privilege of production managing the audio team for all of the off. Um, all of the stages on Super Bowl property with the exception of halftime. So we have anywhere from like five to 11 stages every year. This year I had a 1120 points. The average concert has 30 <laughs> or 40. Wow. So yeah, we had, it took three weeks. We have overnight teams doing the thing. It's amazing. Um, but I came back from that a little like PTSD because there are so many different personalities on those gigs, you know? And it's not any exception going into church culture. You got people that I think are scared of losing their gig or it all comes down to what people are scared of. And if you kind of can identify why, if someone's treating you like crap, if you can figure out what they're frightened of, it's a little easier to be empathetic. But that, I want to empower people. Like you have an obligation to stand up and and let people know like hey we're not living up to what we agreed to do as a team you know we've set these clearly stated values and missions and nobody should live silenced in fear of their leaders i don't care if they're on super bowl property or at their local church you know um i just i really think that if we all I, I think my my biggest mistake has been not sharing with people like how I arrive at conclusions. If I get super excited about something, I'll be like, this is what happened. This is how it needs to go. But if you can tell people how you got to those conclusions, it's it's like night and day. And I, I just walked into a meeting, you know, recently and and just let them know like, hey, you know, this place in a lot of ways saved my life. And I really, I really want to make sure that we all have the same mission. And I thought that our mission was to make young followers that are going to go out and do the same. This place fortifies me so I can go out there on the road and take this message with me. But if that's not what we're doing anymore, just let me know. Because (laughs) if that is what we're doing, (laughs) we need to take a hard look at this situation. You know, there was, I just had some young people here that were getting up on stage for Christmas acting like they were Justin Timberlake. And I'd just gotten off of a Simon Cowell tour where I had one of those and I was like, look, I'm not, I don't tolerate it out there and I'm sure as heck not tolerating it here. <laughs> I love it, man. You So good. You said something you just said, Grace, is amazing. All of this has been amazing, by the way. But you said something I, I've been trying to work on my typing skills as you've been talking. You said, if you can figure out what people are frightened of, you can be more empathetic with them. Yeah. Holy crap. That right there talks about our the way we have to understand so well the people that we work with. Because mm-hmm. really, you know, whenever everybody lashes out and you being a, a woman in the industry, a lot of the times when you see these men act like jerks and juvenile and, and whatever else... It's usually because they are completely threatened. They don't. Oh, yeah. Their self esteem is zero. They, some of them, may not be that good at their job, and they're afraid someone may figure it out. Right. Right. And oh dear God, I hope it's not you. I hope it's not the girl <laughs> that figures it out. Right. But you said if you can figure out what people are frightened of, you can be more empathetic with them. Wow, it's like being uh, in production and being in the booth. All of a sudden, you kind of need to like have a little sign above you that says the doctor is in mm-hmm. because we have to figure out how to understand these people in order to work with them. And we are psychologists. Anybody that's working in audio or production knows that, you know, we've got to be able to get that performance out of people and they come in, they've had a bad day or 
like the last tour I was on, um, I, I got like six teenagers on stage and they've all take turns having a complete meltdown, you know, <laughs> and you, you got to figure out like what is going on. And it always, I don't care if you hate something or any extreme emotion, you can always whittle it down to fear. They're either afraid of losing something they have or not getting something they want. And just keep talking until you got an answer to one of those questions. Recently, I took a pre-production meeting out in Atlanta, and we were discussing the cranes on site. And I was asking one of my guys to reconsider this unnecessary expense because the stage that they were having these cranes on, uh, it was ridiculous. And I was letting him know, like, hey, you don't need a crane unless it's an arch over 150 feet and he interrupted me put his hands on my knee like way up on my knee and said oh look at you not just a pretty face she knows something about staging and i interrupted him immediately and was like is that supposed to be a compliment would you say that to a dude you know it turns out like i'm still a punk even in business attire (laughs) you know it's, yeah, but it's crazy. But, Colin- but it does take a fight. That's why I tell my girls, like, don't be afraid. Like, we're we're fighting a culture, but it's important. It's not important for me. I'm gonna be all right. I grew up in a bad neighborhood. Mm. I ran my butt home from <laughs> school. <laughs> you know, you, you can say ass. You can okay. say it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I'm. God made me super tough for a reason. Mm. But I don't. I don't do it for me. I do it for all the women that are in class now that hopefully won't have to deal with a lot of this stuff. You know, it, it does take active effort. So I, I just kind of want to squash the like, oh, it's not like that anymore. Like, hell, yes, it is. Yeah. It was like that last week. Yeah, I, I was in that meeting. <laughs> Y'all weren't in that wow. meeting. <laughs> Grace, you know? if you're if you uh, if this whole production thing doesn't work out, uh, you might think about like public speaking. Uh, you may you have a, a way with words here, maybe preaching. <laughs> <laughs> or I just got to get all those cuss words out. <laughs> no, 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 no. You keep them. That's what makes yeah. it so cool. Well, that's, that's, what... the cra- that's the crazy thing is I ha- I was really nervous about serving here at the church. I, I had to bounce my punk rock attitude off of some of my pastors. And man, I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. And they're like, there's power not only in your gifts, but in your story. Like, yeah. Don't. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Bring it. <laughs> So, so speaking of that, what's it been like serving at the church? It's a relatively new thing for you, like you said. Like, what's yeah. that whole experience been like? Clearly, from your Christmas story, you're super passionate about it, which is amazing. Yeah. Well, it did save my butt in a lot of ways. You know, a little backstory is uh, my older sister passed away in 2010 while I was out on the road. And I let uh, drugs, alcohol, and sex try to keep me distracted between gigs. And I was like on the floor of a Brazilian uh, hotel room contemplating death and just thinking like, maybe screw this whole thing. And I kind of remembered that my little church I'd really only been like a Sunday you know consumer Christian um, but I remembered that they had an online presence so I, I kind of dug in and um, a particular pastor here Greg really like spoke to me and he was basically said like you know you're not disqualified this pain uh, will gr- will build you like it'll it'll make you who you're meant to be you know I'm like that's probably not true but <laughs> I, l- I let it be true for the time being and you know when I got back here there was another sermon series going on about service and uh, I just couldn't decide if it was the right thing to do so I decided not to be the one to decide I went upstairs I met the uh, the tech, Mark Cheney, and asked him if I could be of help. And he was kind of like, just scooted over. I was like, sit down, show me what you do. You know, I started putting plugins on and doing this thing and doing that thing. He's like, wait, 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 hold on, slow down. What is this? What does this do? Why are you doing that? You know, (laughs) and we really started digging in together. And I've been able to do um, the past three years of their big Christmas and Easter productions. And we serve, I think, 10 15,000 people in a weekend, you know, so it's big and 
Um, that's the part that I, I really feel like it's my obligation to defend a, a healthy culture with my life because the, these young people that are getting to perform are getting to perform for some of hmm. the same, if not bigger crowds than some of my little pop stars do, you know? And to pretend that doesn't go to their head is ridiculous. Of course it goes to their head, you know? It, it takes actively talking about it and reminding everyone, what are we serving? What's our purpose here? And, and not making ourselves self-reliant, you know? We're a team and it's all gotta happen. Man. the way that it's supposed to happen. That's so cool. What I love yeah. about this is that you're even some of the things that you've said are sort of reflective of principles that are so true about the gospel. You know, if you want to gain your life, you have to lose it. Yeah. The, the, the greatest among you will be your servant. You know, the way you communicate and all that stuff. It's like, so for you to have influence, not only in the church where you're serving, but out in the Super Bowl or a big tour or whatever. It's like you're not having to go out and preach to people. You're just living out those principles and they're principles that are just true. It's yeah. not it's not because a Christian said it or whatever. It's because God made it that way and you just live it out. And it's like that's the best witness of most people that I know. It's like you're just living out what God has already kind of put in us as truth and you're able to show people whether they're believers or not that that's true and that's part of god's character so man i just i, I just love it i'm cheering for you and i just i love that just platform that you've been given and the influence that you can have in stuff like that because it's it's going to be so impactful and i love it our words affect people online in mm. person i don't I get so butthurt when I see one of my teammates uh, belittling a toothless stagehand, you know, in wow. Nashville or wherever we are. Like, why are you talking to that guy that way? Don't talk to him that way. You know, I hate that saying, like, sticks and stones will break your bones, you know, but words will never hurt you. They do hurt. Like, oh, my God, to say that words can't affect another person's life is so small-minded and naive. You can build people up or you can tear them down. You can bring them emotional healing or you can add a whole crap ton more hurt and baggage to their life and enforce the bias that those kind of people are like blank, you know? Right. Wow. You've got a unique perspective on all of this. And I, I mean, it's fresh. I'm just telling you, just so you know, like this is you could be talking about the biggest rock and roll tour in the world, or you could be talking about church stuff. Yeah. Because as you know, there's so much of that backbiting and stuff in a lot of the churches that we all go into. We try not to think about it and be like, oh, we're here for the right reason, and we're here to learn more about Jesus or God or whatever the mm -hmm. thing is. But there's so much of that attitude that gets prevalent. And Ego is edging God out, right? <laughs> wow. Ego is edging God out. Holy crap. Okay, yeah. I got to tie that down. I, I, man, I got go to go sharpen my pencil. Hold on real I've quick. I've just been so beat up, you know? I feel like the, the people that are hiding their stories, anybody out there that's hiding their story about how they were using drugs or got beat up in school or whatever, like, stop hiding that. Stop pretending that you're cool. Like, you're cool because you got beat up and you're still standing here, right. you know? Purpose... <laughs> Purpose fosters resilience. I I definitely got beat up and knocked down all the way down, you know? And, oh, man, I just, I wish I could think of all the amazing things Greg was saying in that sermon series. It was just, it saved my butt. It really did. He, he basically told me that, let it kill you. Yeah, it's going to kill you. Go ahead, let it kill you. Because I, I, I can work with the fresh version of you, but we got to kill this old version of you that's mean and nasty and mm. hateful and doesn't want to come home. You know, I was just, I was on the never ending circus trying to make sure I never had to come home because I didn't have a home to come home to. I didn't have a family to come home to. Right. I didn't have friends that loved me. You know, basically my, my touring family became my family. And what I ended up deciding was that 
my purpose was going to be to make sure that other people were successful in this thing without going all the way down to the bottom. I, I didn't need it. We don't need any more people laying on Brazilian floors, you know, right. thinking about taking themselves out. I think that purpose fosters resilience and I'm sturdier now because I know what I'm doing, you know, and if you can, if you can sit down and write a list of five things, like why you do what you do, then when you are, inevitably you will be treated unfairly. People think like, oh, cause you're Christian, you're sweet to everybody. Like people are going to be nice to you back. Like, no, I read Facebook. People are terrible to each other, but whether they're you, Christian or not. Yeah. And when you know your why, then being cast aside by those wrong people won't affect you negatively because your approval, their approval has nothing to do with your why I do this, you know? So good. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm just going to say this has been my favorite podcast interview we've ever yeah. done. <laughs> By far. I'm well, serious. I didn't even drop you, any F-bombs yet. That's well, great. <laughs> there's always plenty of time for that. You are, uh, I'm seriously, I felt this way when we talked the other day. You're, you inspire people. I, I hope you know that. You inspire, you inspire us. Just listening to some of the words you've said, um, I mean, seriously, this is solid gold of this few things I wrote down. You said you can't coast anywhere but down. Holy cow. To the people that like to get to uh, their little point in the weekend and then coast through mm-hmm. to the end. Oh, my god! they're gosh. chilling in that 15-year career and no. they just keep clocking in and out and think like, you, oh, these are fine. You are, this is an inspiration. So keep at it. This is so cool that you took um, – the platform that you had from technical stuff, a love for audio, and a passion for just doing it right, that's, I mean, those are all like crazy tenets for success. And you've been able to like keep pushing that forward is a huge inspiration. And not just us, but everybody that's listening and everybody you encounter, I'm serious. That's that's incredible. So, so good. I, oh, I you, echo you. Lee. This has uh, been an amazing uh chat who knew that you'd rock us just by listening to you give a little bit of your story you know we didn't even get to any technical nerdy stuff i don't have a ton of it i lean on my techs and my super nerds really but but. all the reason though to do this again you're you are invited back anytime yeah absolutely you uh consider yourself in the in the tribe for sure nice very cool uh okay so is that a yes you'll come back and do this again (laughs) anytime (laughs) okay seriously i'm just like floored i was speechless through most of it i'm just like i don't i don't even know what to say this is amazing (laughs) Uh, that's so good grace thank you from a guy's perspective does that all make sense to y'all because really like the what i'm what i'm asking for you know i hope that nobody clicks off of this and thinks like, oh, well, this is a podcast for girls or whatever. Because really what I'm asking for is, um, you know, it's not it's not the it's not the revolutionary person's, you know, ideas that really make the difference. It's that first brave person to stand up in the room. Like if you're on a, a crew with a girl and somebody is acting funky you know that the first male counterparts to stand up and be like yo that's not what we're doing and make that a new culture that's what it takes it's it's the first couple followers that make it happen not not the first revolutionary that's like hey i could go into a room and shout about girl pride and you know gotta treat everybody fairly all i want but it's really my male counterparts and the men that support me and are on those teams with me at Super Bowl or Boston Colin, we're out there hammering away at things and somebody whistles at me funny. My boy Ruben, I'll stick that big beard out and get loud, you know, that's and so that good. that's who saves the day. And that's who's going to change the culture of our industry. Uh, Grace, I would say the things that you have said to us in the last half hour or however long it's been have been some of the best things anyone has said to us so it has nothing to do with the male female thing this is as good as it gets on any leadership topic 
on anything about morals, leadership, Christianity, like you are at the top of the top. And I would say, I was just thinking of this, like maybe this would be good for you to hear. You should not feel like, I know you were nervous about this. You should not feel nervous. And you should also (laughs) not feel like when talking about what we do as it relates to church, any less than either. I think people can confuse like the highest calling of Christian leadership means, oh, I'm on staff at a church. Mm. What you're doing and the things that you're saying, and then you're going out into the Super Bowl and you being you, to me is more respectful, more dignified, and the actual highest level of Christian leadership that we can do. So props to you. Keep Boom. doing what you're doing. Awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I, I definitely got to give a shout out to our lead pastor, Jason, because there was a time when I was telling him, oh, I'm going to get off the road. I don't know if I can do this and, and be who I want to be. And he kind of sarcastically said, yeah, because I bet there's nobody on the road that needs to hear this. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's right. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how God is going to put the people in your path that need to hear exactly what you've got to say, whether you want it to happen or not. So great, great work. Thanks for sharing part of your story. Uh, This has been amazing for us. Awesome. Well, till next time, we'll do it again. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I can't wait. Thanks, Grace. Great to meet you. Good to meet you too, Jeff. Bye, Lee. I'll see you on the interweb. All right. See you later, Grace. (laughs) You're the best. You too. Bye. All right. Well, I'm still speechless after what has now been my favorite podcast interviewee to date, Grace. Wow. Um, After we closed, we definitely confirmed that she will be back. She is in the family, in the tribe. Guys, was that incredible? Amazing. She's, uh, I'm telling you, she is an open book and I don't completely think she knows it. Like everything comes out of her mouth is like something we all need to hear. It's great. It's so good. All right. Well, as we wrap, just a couple housekeeping things. May 20th in Chicago, tickets are about halfway through. We're going to sell out that one pretty yeah. quickly. Don't don't sleep on that. Don't sleep on the Philo conference. It's the only conference we actually want to go to. <laughs> um, and then MXU now, the the growing video library. Uh, get your team on that. Don't sleep on that. Anything else, boys? That's it. I think th- I think that's a wrap. That is. That's a that's a wrap. See you next time. Thanks, boys. Peace. Peace.